In today's episode, I'm interviewing Bianca Mora, a photographic artist, educator, and host of the Help Me See podcast. She recently opened her own photographic studio and workshop in Cleveland, Ohio, and focuses on evocative and intimate portraiture. Obsessed with the question, when does your now become your nostalgia? Through awareness, she helps you truly see your moments before they become memories. Bianca is currently developing an online course launching in early 2022 that explores presence through photography, which combines memory keeping, mindset shifts, and creating meaningful keepsakes. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Hey, Bianca, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. When I saw your work as a photographer, I was blown away, not just with your aesthetic, but the whole essence of your business. Do you want to talk a little bit about where that came from? Because it's a very thoughtful approach to photography. Yeah. um, (laughs) I... I've come to terms with my answer to this question. I feel like I have sometimes felt sad to say something like this, but it's the most honest thing I can say. It has all been born out of fear. (laughs) So I have always had, since as long as I can remember, I've always had this deep-seated fear, a fear of missing out, like not FOMO. I'm an introvert. I don't don't fear that I'm going to miss out on anything social, but like this fear of like missing out on what's right in front of me and a fear of loss. And I just, I've never felt, um, I've struggled to feel valid in that fear because I've been lucky enough to not have experienced a lot of loss in my life, but Mm. for some reason, it's always just sat deep inside of me. So I find that I've, from middle school on, I've always like created gifts that were meant to show how I feel about people and, you know, pinpoint very specific moments that touch my heart. So when I see, when I witness other people's lives from the outside, as I'm photographing, uh, unfortunately, that kind of is always the easiest way to see someone else's magic. When you're too close to it, it's like this terrible magic trick that you're Mm -hmm. blinded by it a lot of the time. And so I try to find those in-between moments that someone doesn't quite know that they want um, and capture those. I think most of our moments are like that because there's this whole hindsight situation in our life We are always looking back, if only, and the nostalgia around images. And I think where you're coming from, it's a way for us to cherish what we have right now. Is that, would you say that is correct? Yes. And that's, that's a big reason why, you know, within my business, I've, I've really tried to stand firm in what I believe to be the best way to 
capture that. Like I feel around, around where I live, I think mini sessions are a really big deal. Everyone wants mini sessions. And I, you know, I had to reckon with myself, why am I, do I feel so averse to it? Why do I not want to do that? And it's just simply comes down to, I don't believe that I could get to the under layer, the underbelly of what it is that I find to be most important for you in 30 minutes. I just don't. So my, my photo sessions run pretty long, but they're meant to be not something that you tick off like, okay, we did family photos this year and, and like it's done. I want the session itself to feel as meaningful as the pictures that I give you. I want, when I'm taking photos of a family, like I like to ask um, intimate questions. Like what is, what is something that is the most precious thing to you right now about? And so as they're talking, they're forgetting about like, how am I supposed to be looking? Or is this my mm-hmm. good side? And they really get lost in thinking about their life and the reflection. And that's what I want to capture. Like that, that unawareness is the most beautiful thing to me. I think people are the most gorgeous when they are just truly in their own zone and not thinking about what they're portraying to others. Yeah. And you capture that so beautifully. Let's go back to where did photography start in your life? I had always been obsessed with taking pictures for, I don't even know what reason. I was really big into going to concerts. So I would take photos at the concerts I'd go to. Um, When you were at school? When I was in middle school, I was doing that. And then I had a course in high school, a photography course that I was taking. And I always just looked at it as my favorite class, but I never thought of it as like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been in all AP classes and, you know, my dad's thinking I'm going to be an astronaut or something. And <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going about my life thinking like, oh, this is nice. Hey, could and still I- happen. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but if you think I'm scared of loss, I'm very scared of deep space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too, actually. Um, it's really horrifying to me. But I, it, I came across in my photography class, this photographer's work, um, his name is Jim Goldberg, and he did a series on the rich and the poor. And it was one of those moments where my brain chemistry changed. It was like, a, like I just completely was like, oh, oh, oh. Like, it was just like a level of realization of like photography can be so much more. Like, it doesn't, it's not always about the picture and the prettiness. Like, it's about you know, and he combines pictures of people in their, you know, in their space, like Mm -hmm. whether they're in poverty or in wealth, and then they write something about the picture. That's what this project was about. So I was able to like, look into this person's like soul and what they think about when they see this picture of themselves. And it just completely changed my brain, really. And after that, I kind of kept going on with senior year thinking, you know, I'm going to go to a state school and this and that, which is so funny because this is the autopilot that I'm trying to combat with my work. Mm -hmm. And then when it came down to the wire of like, okay, got to start applying for colleges. I just thought, oh, oh, I can't, I can't do anything but this. (laughs) Like nothing is as important as this. I just cannot. So I gave my poor father a heart attack and I applied for a private art school and I said no thanks to a scholarship to a public school, which 
Oh, <laughs> 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 kind of sad now because I'll always be paying for that private school. But um, no, and I, <laughs> then I went to college and really dug into photography. We talked a little bit before this, um, which I thought was so fascinating, where we talk about the awareness of, well, I want to first say that I read there was a Harvard study done and it was something like 49 point whatever percentage of time that we are going through our day, we are off in a daydream. That is pretty much half of our day spent off in a daydream, not focused, not not being aware in our surroundings. And photography has this ability to jolt you into the present. And we all know there are so many incredible photographers out there. And the work, I will tell you, the work from World Press Photos every year, I've been to some exhibitions in Sydney and what it can evoke in you is will like cut right through your chest when you see those images and the awareness of humanity. And for me, um, you know, having studied as a photographer and doing it for a while as a job for, you know, a few years, it completely changed the way that I see everything. And I don't mean that in a cliched way. I mean, I wasn't looking at things in a deep way. Not that I'm looking at everything in a very deep way, but it definitely changed my awareness of how I see things and interact with things throughout the day. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. So doing it this very slow, thoughtful, communicative way is rare approach to the way somebody would tackle photography. Yeah, I mean, I think that it came down to whether whether it be photography or whatever it is that you're doing um, as an entrepreneur, like you're getting into that because you are not satisfied with any of the options or the traditional way something is offered to you so that Mm. you have the opportunity to offer something unique to your soul, like from your soul. And it can be really hard and it can feel really vulnerable when someone is asking for something else from you, like saying, Oh, I see your options, but I want, I want this instead. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that there's gray area and every situation requires some sort of compromise if you feel that that is what the situation calls for. But for me, it was always a reminder that like when you think about yourself as an introvert or an extrovert, you know where you gain energy and what depletes your energy. So Mm -hmm. the same thing. I think I'm both at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, That's it depends. possible. It depends on, the, it depends yeah. on that. Yeah. But it's just like, you, you know what gives you life specifically. And you know if something is before you that's going to kind of like suck the goodness that you know that you can provide out of it. Um, so you, you have to make a, a decision to commit, to commit to what you know to be true. Because at the end of the day, people don't know what they don't know. Everyone, myself included, everyone included. So Isn't that just say, such a massive thing to understand? 
people don't know what they don't know. You don't, you, you know, you're coming to someone because you think you know what you want. And what a wonderful gift and surprise when they give you something back that you weren't expecting. Like what, you know, I feel like I think about it this way. Um, sometimes I feel, you know, with my podcast or the the work that I'm creating, um, I have moments where I feel like people are just going to be so confused. Like, what is it like, like this? How did this turn out to be this? And it feels dark or, you know, some people might think it's negative or, you know, it feels so heavy. But the way I look at it is think about how you feel during those rare times where you hear someone say something that you think, oh my gosh, someone else thinks that? Like, oh my gosh goodness like how seen do you feel when you, it's like you just came across this like magical creature that you didn't know existed yes so connections you, yeah connection you just feel so connected and it doesn't matter if you've met the person or or what it is or you see something that you've never seen before but that moment is like electricity and if you water down your work or your message to be more palatable or to be more mm. easily understood you're robbing you're robbing someone of the ability to feel seen and to feel validated and less alone. And you're also robbing yourself of the ability to give that gift and the feeling of what that feels like. So, you know, I, I like to stick to my guns in that, you know, I know how I can best serve. I know how I can best see what I feel is so important for you. And if you're coming to me because you feel something in your stomach based on the work that I'm presenting on my website, then I want to give that to you the best way I know how. And so that's, that's where my offerings stand and, you know, why I stick to them. Can you talk through that process of when somebody is starting the session with you? Yeah. So I like to have a conversation before the session. I have them fill out a questionnaire. I want mm -hmm. to have like a base level of understanding and as much connection as possible before I go into that session. And the way I'm able to kind of disarm people and get them to relax, I find is I just blur the lines between like shooting and talking and being mm -hmm. like, I don't give them warning. I don't, I just, I'm taking pictures and talking. It's all very fluid. I want to, and if I'm present with them, um, it's kind of inevitable for them to match that with me. Um, so the more that I can pollute the process and um, be like shooting and talking and not giving them the chance to like stop talking to, I'm shooting while they're talking. Um, mm. And that's kind of something that I do as well. I have a heavy trigger finger and I photograph a lot of pictures in a session. And some of those pictures are just blanks. Like I'm taking, I'm trying to desensitize them. My favorite people right. in the world photograph are my parents because they are so numb to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're so used to me. They just ignore me completely. And it's my favorite. Um, so I will, I will try to make it a more normal situation feeling. And then I'll just ask them questions. I'll be asking them questions that they, that make them smile. Like what is like the funniest thing your kid's done this week? And it just automatically gets them to reflect and to think and to laugh. And, you know, sometimes I'll give them, if they're really really tense. Sometimes I'll just give them an activity to do like a 
you know, mm. I'll have the kid hold something, go up and play with, just go play with your mom or, you know, give her as many kisses as possible. But I, I really like to keep it as organic and as, as real as I can. So mm. I, you know, I'll do a mix of staged and documentary. Um, I'll, I'll position them in a place that I feel like the light is brilliant. And then I'll just let them be. I'm like, okay, just stay here and talk to each other here, have a snack with her and just photograph them being in their own element. And how do you find the difference with photographing children and adults? It depends on the age. It depends on a lot of factors, but I, I find that they are really, they're the best in that they don't care often. They don't care that I'm there for the most part. And as long as I'm giving them something else to focus on, um, or to engage with, they're good. And I even tell the parents too, I'm like, you know what, if they start melting down even better. And I think that that makes, helps them relax even better. Like you have no idea how some of the most precious photos are a parent is a parent comforting their child. That's throwing a fit, you know? And I feel like that's a lot of the pressure that comes with scheduling a photo session. It's like, will the stars align? Will everyone be on their best behavior? Will I get right. smiled? And when you put that pressure on the situation, you know, it's, it takes away, it takes away from the richness that the event can be. And if you just really let go and experience what the experience is, then inevitably the photos you get from that, whether there's a crying fit or not, are, are going to feel more like you. There was a photographer, a famous photographer that that photographed a lot of kids that were crying. Did you see that? I think there was an exhibition. Yeah. Is it like really uh, like poppy, like rich photographs? Yeah, yes. I think I think so. It was it was a while ago. And when you were talking about that, it reminded me of that. And when I was looking at it, I thought, what? You know, and this was before I was a photographer. So I thought, why would anybody do that? <laughs> and now, and with you talking about capturing things, because we have such a gloss over our life and that whole thing of like turning up and making sure that everything is great instead of just having the grace of turning up. However, you get so caught up in the daily everything and the expectations that you don't even really know that you're putting onto yourself and to your family. And, you know, I, I just feel like we have to give a little bit more grace to the to knowing that we don't yet have the wisdom that we will have. And the hardest part of that is to not have those photographs because we didn't, we weren't able to know that we needed them. Like, you know, recently I had offered someone's mom was in hospice and I offered to come and take photographs and, you know, respectfully they declined and saying that like, you know, I don't, I don't want to, we don't want to remember like this, but I, it just pains my heart. Not everything that we photograph needs to be on our wall, needs to be posted, needs to be shared. Photography can be a very intimate, it's like your diary, it's your journal. It's, it is yes. the visual journal of your life. And not, you know, when you think about why would I want a picture of that? It's like, this is the, this is your life. And what is so mundane to you right now, what is so ugly, what is so um, not enjoyable, these tantrums, like two years, three years, 10 years down the line, hell, next month, 
you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, that doesn't happen anymore. Like when your kid's throwing a fit of over something ridiculous, like, you know, their toy broke, it's frustrating in the moment. But then you look back and you're like, they cared so much about that little stupid dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) They cared so much. And like when they're a teenager, like- I love seeing kids so into it, right? Here's the thing with kids though, they're so present and expressive and- you know, it's us that that kind of squash all of that for them. And isn't it right as we get older and we're in these little boxes and no wonder, no wonder adults have a really hard time figuring out what it is that they love to do. They don't even know what they want. They don't even know what they like anymore. And they've just been on this trajectory for 10 years. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power, but that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really wanna create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche target market offer and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. When I first started photography, it helped me to realize the limitations I had on myself because the way I would photograph really showed a lot about me in terms of, you know, I wouldn't get too close to people because I was too shy to photograph them. It really showed in my pictures. And then, you know, the more you get into it and realize and you have this awareness around it, it is truly 
life-changing. I think photography is really life-changing. Oh, these and this treadmill you speak about is, even as a photographer, as someone, no one is immune to it. As someone that it is my, I, my chosen job to be constantly analyzing and trying to see the magic of these moments that can be missed. I am just as susceptible to, as the next person to being on this treadmill. I, so I graduated college in 2012. I had been photographing since way before that. Um, but grad after graduating college, I started having these massive panic attacks and just feeling very anxious. And I started my career. I had been in a photo studio doing work and then I had um, done photo editing work. Anyway, PS, I had ended up in a job that at first fulfilled me in a way that I didn't ever anticipate. So I thought, oh, this is really cool. And I had been there for six, six years, um, six, seven years, six years. And two weeks into my maternity leave, actually last year, um, I got laid off unexpectedly, totally unexpectedly. And I mean, I wasn't even done bleeding yet. <laughs> so it was something that jolted me. And I, I had always known that I had wanted to do my own business. I always knew mm. that there was nowhere that I saw that I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to work there. So I knew I had to do this for myself. And I laughed and I thought about like, how, when did it stop being fulfilling to me? When did I stop growing here? When did it, it turn into a treadmill for me? And I was like, if I could get the backlash of, or the whiplash rather of working so hard for someone else and then being let go as if, you know, it's, it's business, then why wouldn't I put that work into what fills my soul into what mm -hmm. I know in my bones to be true and important. So I committed to, I'm like, this is it. I, this is the least ideal time. I had just bought a house. I have a new baby and a two and a half year old. So it's mm -hmm. the least ideal time to be on my own and starting this business. You know, I had done, I've always been photographing on the side, but really committing and doubling down on myself. But I was like, what better time? And then the universe tested me and I had been, I had gotten these offers for other full-time positions. Oh, and I had to always. say, no, I had to say always. And I'm like, the universe is testing me. And I had this grand realization and now I'm being tempted. And I said, no, and no, and no. And really committed to like, I am going to work, put in the time on what I know is true and what I know is something that will not be a waste of my life. Having awareness, having awareness is one of the most important things that we should have. And even for me, you know, I'm heavily into personal development, even with what I have learned still, you know, we are so complex and the layers and layers that we have it's so much and everybody has such a different experience. One time when I was in Paris a few years ago, I was walking around a neighborhood with a friend of mine and he said, I've been here for 15 years and you're showing me parts of my neighborhood that I haven't seen. This is really weird. And I said, you know, the only way I'm able to do this is because I'm a photographer if I hadn't studied it, if I wasn't doing it, I, this would have been a completely different 
experience for me because, you know, when we're out and about looking at things, we're looking at the light, we're looking at the composition of things and the textures, and it really shows you the richness of life. Photography really does. I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It is like a, a magnifying glass on whatever you choose to look at. And I think the most important part is not how it turns out. It's not the editing. It is what the picture is of. And that is why I, I'm, I'm working on this course and it's very much the love child of my podcast. And it's funny because once again, in terms of autopilot, I started thinking, like thinking too hard, like what, I really want to make a course. I've always wanted to make a course. And I start thinking, what, what is it that people want from me? Like, what is it that people comment about? And everyone, you know, a lot of people talk about the lighting and the aesthetic, but I had to get really real with myself. What is the truest thing that I could give someone? And it's like, how to see. I want people, anyone that has a camera or a phone in their hand can be a photographer and they mm. are the photographer of their own lives and their own backyard is the most intimate experiences that they can ever have. And people like professional photographers aren't going to be there to document that. So mm. I want everyone to feel empowered to notice things with your camera that can be your tool. I think that there's this notion right now of, you know, the phone robs you of your presence and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have no. to be like that. Mm. It can be your tool. It can be your portal. Like when I'm taking a photo of something, I try to think to myself, like, why did I whip out my phone to take this? It's, and pushing yourself to think, oh, it's just, it's so beautiful. Well, what about it? What about it? And as I'm looking through the camera or through my phone and I'm thinking like, oh, it's the way the leaves are trickling down here. It's the way my son's fingers are sticky and I have no idea why. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so just using your that lens of whatever it is, whether you're an amateur or a professional to really like let it sink you into the juiciness of what you're looking at, because we all have that ability. It's just feeling empowered to know that and not looking at your phone or your camera as an obstacle to really being present because presence doesn't have to be so rigid. It doesn't have to be, oh, you're either in it or you're not. And if you're sitting there and you think, I want to take a picture, you don't have to lash yourself and say, no, you'll take yourself out of the moment. That's more <laughs> taking yourself out of the moment than actually yeah. whipping out your camera and doing it. So, and then putting it away. So yeah, just really loosening up and being gentle with yourself on um, what it is that you're responding to and your awareness. I think photography, you're being challenged to learn about looking at things in a different way. I think generally we need to do that in our life with the way we see things because everything's on autopilot. To really see life for what it is, life is really, really challenging and tests us. And as soon as you want to do something that you really, really love, yes, it, things get thrown in your path. It's because it's the unknown. and it's trying to keep us safe from what we don't know. But at the same time, you know, we die inside as a result of that. It, it's so fascinating. What would we do without photography? We would be completely lost. And the photos are breadcrumbs. They're breadcrumbs 
to our past, when our memory fades, which it will, yeah. what we have left are the photographs. And, you know, when I talk about like, why would I want that? Why would I want that photo? I, I think about this past year, I lost my dog and it was the most painful traumatic happening of my life. And I found myself when we got home, we were, my partner and I were both a mess and I took a selfie of us sitting in his bed. I just, we were sitting there crying and I just took my phone out, took a picture. Would I ever want to share that? No, but like in some, and I don't even know in the moment I Mm. felt the need to do that. And I thought, why would I ever do that? And now looking back a year later, looking at that, it was therapeutic in a way. It was like, I never, I don't want to look at that photo, but for me, that was proof. Our terrible faces, it was uh, like a grieving. It was a proof of mm. the depths of our love for him and how wretched we looked and how painful that was. And I never wanted to forget that because, you know, time can dull some feelings and I never wanted that to feel dull. I wanted oh. to remember that and it's like you know respecting that impulse that that small voice in us it knows and don't so don't judge it you know if you feel like oh how stupid and how weird is that for me to come and take a picture of myself crying in my dead dog's bed if you feel the need to do it do it because you're that wise voice from the future of yourself is going to tell is knowing that you'll need that you'll want that even if you don't look at it you know it exists you know that day was so painful because I loved him so much. And I have proof of that. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it can be therapy for yourself. So really letting go of our beliefs about photography being something that's like showing the best version or remembering the best memories and really letting it be this therapeutic visual journal of our lives and, and just giving yourself the option to look back if you want to later in Mm. life. So tell me about your podcast. My podcast is probably the least planned thing I've ever done. And I love it. Right. (laughs) It it's called help me see, and it's around what we're talking about. It's around intentional vision um, and really seeing and experiencing our life before it's gone. It's about honest conversations, you know, uh, no judgment, raw, real talking about, you know, what it is to appreciate and be annoyed at a moment, to love your kids to death, but want to be left alone, to, mm-hmm. to see, you know, you know, these realizations that we have and these conversations that go on in our mind that we, we tend to dismiss in the light of day almost. It's like, I want these episodes to feel like those thoughts that you have when you lay your head on your pillow before you go to sleep that you just think, come the light of day, this it's, it's fine. I'll just move on. But no, I want these, these conversations to be the ones that we use to lead our lives because the numbness that happens in the day with all of our to-do lists and the expectations and the, the normal, the social norms that happen, um, that's what keeps us asleep. That's what keeps us 
on this treadmill where we look back and think, oh, bloody hell, mm-hmm. <laughs> where, where am I right now? So, so yes, that, that podcast was something that I started out of a intrinsic need to keep myself honest with myself. I was like, if no one else listens to this, this is going to be the thread that I make sure to keep myself tethered to in my life and every week. Um, these just honest, real conversations. And yeah, I mean, not not unlike what you're doing here. So mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited. I'm excited about rare conversations. I think these are rare conversations. Um, and I'm just excited to be in this space. I think what an amazing audio diary to be able to pass on to your kids. You know, right? it's so funny you say that. I didn't think about that until. Well, you just made me think ago. about it now. Yeah, I didn't really think about it. And I think, oh my goodness, because sometimes we discount, not discount, but I didn't automatically think about my kids listening to this because they're, they're one and three, you know, but this medium will live on and, you know, they'll have, they'll have this little snapshot about what it was for me, what the experience was for me Mm -hmm. when they were too young to remember. And, and that's pretty powerful. And they get to see, wow, wasn't I a pain in the neck? <laughs> wasn't I a claustrophobic motherhood? Let me listen to this episode. <laughs> but you know, it's great because that will give them an awareness of, of how they were. Because how cool would it be to, to go back and see your life documented in a way um, that, you know, somebody has got a version of what your life is? I think we all have different um ways of describing and being and I mean it's something along with the photography and so you said you're you're going to be making a course I think a lot of people get really frustrated with photography it is a lot to learn when I started I thought how hard can that be snap and when I look back and see the pictures I'm like wow I I'm glad I had a healthy dose of confidence at the time, but then I got less confident when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you go on that journey of learning. It's quite interesting. Oh my goodness. But isn't what you just said such a metaphor for what happens to us in life? When you're a kid, you have all the confidence in the world and you're just going about, you feel like breaking out into song and dance and you do it. And then when you learn better or Mm. what expectations can be, you just, you get so critical and you get so judgmental of yourself and you can lose, you can lose yourself a little bit. And of course, like the growth and refining your taste and what you want, it's all good, but just staying attached to the core of that confidence and what drove you to take those pictures in the first place. Um, The course itself is actually not meant for just photographers. The course itself is meant for the every person. It is essentially wanting to help people be more present through their photography, through their way of looking, like what they see in their life and how to recognize your nostalgia in your now, like Mm. trying to combat that terrible thing where you look back and you say, I didn't know how important that was at the time. That breaks my heart. I hate that so much. The other day I looked at my three-year-old's hands and I just thought, those are not baby hands. Like those are kid hands. And I felt this pang of, oh my gosh, I never, I never did a study of his hands. I never photographed just his hands. Of course I have photos of his hands because they're attached to his body, but I never Mm -hmm. sat there and thought, let me take a picture of these before they don't look pudgy anymore. 
And <laughs> right. I, I'm never going to be able to escape every single regret I will have because it's just not possible. But this course is my way of trying to decrease that feeling. I want to increase your presence in your life and your ability to see the moments that are happening mm-hmm. before you, whether or not you take the photo. It's not meant to help you take prettier pictures. It's not meant to help you, you know, do anything other than take the right photos for you, mm-hmm. realizing I'm going to want this later. And also, even if I choose not to take the photo now, I see it and I recognize that this is a moment for me and that's enough. Yeah, having that awareness because you are so much more attuned to what is important to photograph. Yes, exactly. You know, because we tend to take the same kind of photographs, the same kind of things, and to be able to step outside of that and challenge yourself, what else can I document from my life? And, you know, I remember a really basic but very good exercise that I had done, you know, they give you an object and you have to photograph it in 15 different ways. And I remember doing it. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. It made me step out of everything that I wanted to box myself into of what I thought that image should be and moving around and changing the angle. And just, it, it helped free me to create better. Yes if that makes sense. Yes. And we all have that. We all have that feeling of, oh, come on. Like, I know what this will be like. Like, I know. But until you push yourself through the experience, you don't experience the transformation. And, you know, we all think we can think ourselves through every situation. Oh, if I do this, if I take this job, this, 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 and this will happen. And I will feel like this. And, you know, if I take this picture, this is the one that I will want. We don't know until we do. And just the way you thought, oh, okay, come on, 15 different pictures of this one subject. After you do it, you're a different photographer and you're a different person because you realize something through doing it that you wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Yeah. And we have this thing that tricks us in our brain, as Dr. Laurie Santos says from Yale, that we think we know everything. And that's a massive downfall. And our brain, we have to be in control of our brain, not the other way around. But for most people, it's in control. And here's the, the awareness thing where it comes in. They don't even, they don't even know that they don't, you don't know what you don't know. They don't know that they can be in control of it. And this is vital. This is for a, a lot of my work is, is around awareness because it's very, very powerful for everything. And everything about photography is great, though. It just truly nourishes your life on a different level. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Oh, this was such an energizing conversation. I really, really, really loved it. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing with Rare Conversations. And I just can't wait to follow along. And how can people find you? People can find me um, on Instagram. I am uh, B Mora, M O R R A, and then um, my website, BiancaLeamora.com. And if you want to um, listen to the podcast, it's uh, Help Me See. Brilliant. Thank you again. And uh, everybody go and check out Bianca's 
amazing work on her website. And if you're in the vicinity, you can book a session. Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.